Does everybody know what time it is? Time for you to sign this document saying, should one of us die, we bequeath this podcast to the other. Uh, I have a few questions about this. But nope. at first, sign, sign, no, sign, no, sign, no, sign. No, it's grunt work. Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prosperos Años y Felicidad. I want to wish you a grunty Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Yes, it's Christmas here at Gruntwork, the podcast where we watch every episode of Home Improvement and then talk about it. I'm your host, Truman the Mortality Man Caps, and with me as always is the Landon Every Living Creature Dies Alone Man, Solano. And I realize that after the, the kind of festive Yuletide intro that this took a very dark turn, and I just want to say that uh, even though it's Christmas for us, it's not Christmas for Home Improvement, so the episode didn't really match up. <laughs> right, but it will be soon, so you may have uh, wasted that intro for an episode that we'll need in like uh, three three weeks. Well, yeah, yeah, that's fair, but I mean, it's it's only Christmas for like Christmas for us comes but once a year. Christmas yes, for home improvement for us comes like probably three or four times a year, given how fast we're watching true, these. True. So anyone that's listening uh, currently, uh, Merry Christmas uh, or may, Merry Day after Christmas, I guess. Happy Boxing Day. <laughs> uh, uh, Returns Day. Is there is there a specific day uh, like Black Friday for? Returning everything the day after Christmas? I feel like it's kind of, like, do you really know by the 26th that you don't want all those things? Like, have you already <laughs> combed through everything and decided what's going back? Uh, yeah, well, for me, yes, because what I usually do is give someone a list of things I want for Christmas and then progressively through the year buy them for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just get uh, duplicates at Christmas. And then you sell them on Craigslist at inflated prices? <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's good, that's good. Uh, Christmas commerce. Listen, you know what? There is a uh, sub-business to be had of assembling ikea furniture for people and sending it uh, out to them i feel like you're the protagonist of a hallmark christmas movie it's like it's called it's about a guy who assembles the ikea furniture people get on christmas and it's called it's called like uh, a yuletide moss joe <laughs> starring landon solano uh, well i was gonna say uh if that were true i would like richard karn to play me uh, <laughs> that would be Perfect though. There you that go. would be comeback casting. It's like, hey, everybody remembers him from Home Improvement. Now he's in this thing about building furniture. Uh, look, before we get any further, before yeah. there's any more tomfoolery, I missed your birthday, but wait, what? Is, what's happening right now, audience? That's the sound of me putting a box on our recording table, <laughs> an already opened box. Well, well man, uh, I'm, not sure. gonna, I'm not going to. I had to take the receipt out of it. What, what's okay? I don't know what's occurring right we, now. We have to. We have to narrate it, dude. It's okay. live radio. So he he has dropped a box. It is fairly light. I opened it. And it's filled with uh, tissue paper. Because I know how runny your nose gets. <laughs> uh, Alright, let's see what's inside of here. Oh, wait a minute. I think I know. So it's it's a soft, rolled up thing. It's a bomb, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to start calling you Randy. Um, <laughs> that, that, well, you'll call me... Actually, no, I'm not going to make a joke about that when you open your gift. Go on, please. <laughs> uh, Alright. Oh my god, this is exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, I mean, it's... Okay, so it is a home improvement tie. <laughs> I make small jobs into big deals. And it has a power sander uh, print on it. I love this. And then the home improvement logo right at the tip. Exactly, man. Just the tip. Just to see how it feels. And it is specifically branded as a home improvement uh, product. 
Uh, Landon, you bring light into my life, and even though <laughs> even though I don't buy you uh, birthday gifts, oh, I'm so glad you're putting it on. I was so I didn't want to have to tell you to put it on, but you're putting it on. Uh, this is great. Uh, you yeah, get to you watch know, me attempt to put a tie a tie. This is this is good, man. It's entertaining. This is your gift to me. Uh, <laughs> someone, two two dudes who work from home and don't have to put on suits ever, trying to figure out how to tie a tie. Uh, you can you can alternately like like Lisa in the room tie it around your forehead like a drunk Japanese businessman. <laughs> Uh, or I guess just a businessman from anywhere, really. Uh, yeah, you know, Which, I just... Yeah, that'll, that'll eventually end up happening, I'm sure. <laughs> the more drunk I get on this podcast. Yeah, so we'll have likely. to do more and more to get through it. This is this is great. This is even better than I could have possibly hoped. What, watching me... Well, no, just, just the tie itself. Like, the picture on the internet gave a certain, <laughs> gave a certain perspective... But then seeing there it in the light of your apartment is really great. Um, <laughs> this is fantastic, and I will wear this. I know, I know, and and I just want to let you know that maybe I will trim some of the audio of us of of us just <laughs> making small talk while you try to tie this. Well, this is amazing. A complete surprise. I had no idea. Thank you, dude. I had. Well, you're welcome, man. I had no idea I was going to do it until uh, until Etsy until I went on Etsy and realized how much home improvement stuff there was because I know. <laughs> Because I know no other things that you're interested in, even though we talk all the time and I spend all this time in your... I can't... I don't, I, you're not into movies. You don't like horror movies. You don't like wrestling. Uh, you don't play video games. That's about as good as no, it's going right you, well, you're, you're tying a tie on over a t-shirt with a hoodie. So <laughs> with it's no mirror or anything. Yeah, man. That's pretty good. You actually got the length of grade on that. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, there you go. Well, now you get to look at my beautiful tie while we record this. I'm going to be distracted. I'm just going to be saying, I make all jobs <laughs> all day, because it's as much as I can see. I make all jobs all day. Ah, oh, that's great. Oh, my God. This is brilliant. And now I feel bad for not getting you anything. Welcome, oh, how the turntables have turned. Welcome to how I feel all the time, because I almost never buy gifts. I just That part of my brain where it's like, hey, you should buy a gift for someone is missing. So uh, I've given you the gift of knowing what I feel like. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. It's not a Stepping gift. into the Truman Caps experience. You, and you can never step out. It's like the Hotel California. <laughs> uh, so anyway, with all that bullshit out of the way, how are you, man? <laughs> well, now I'm glowing. Yes. <laughs> now your style is on point. <laughs> uh, I love this. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this non-Christmas episode. Let's talk about it. The, this, the, the Christmas portion of our episode ends now. So if you're <laughs> Jewish, you can start listening again. <laughs> Um, I've got a little synopsis for you. Synopsize. Okay, let me tell you what happened in this week's episode. Uh, Jill has been going over their personal paperwork and realizes that her and Tim need to update their will. The Uh will and testament, that is. (laughs) Just to clarify. Their will and grace. (laughs) Uh, Which, yeah, uh, NBC has already updated for them. For a new sassy era. (laughs) Uh, Tim immediately is concerned by the implications of literally signing his life away. uh, And he gets in his head about it. Refuses to sign or even really discuss it. Yeah. Um, Presently, Mark overhears Tim expressing his concerns to Wilson and becomes scared that he's going to lose his father. Uh, after a father-son heart-to-heart conversation, Tim finally agrees to sign the updated will. Uh, meanwhile, Al is building a cabin by hand and invites the Al Borland fan club to attend a screening of school school time. <laughs> school time. <laughs> that's that's like that's Schoolhouse Rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they sing a bunch of songs about how bills become laws. Yeah, Al's just kind of marching up the steps <laughs> of the Capitol. I'm just a beard working my way up Capitol <laughs> heard. I didn't watch enough Schoolhouse Rock to do a yeah, solid likewise. parody there. Yeah, that's why. That's why I also don't know how a bill becomes a law. Gets voted on at midnight. Uh, just legally changes his name. Yeah. From Bill to Law. 
from Bill Curtis to John Philip Law. <laughs> um, Not a joke. All right. Do you want to go into the? Do you know the name of this episode? Uh, what, what would you name this episode? I would, and I, I'm going to wager right now that there is a good chance that you will guess the name of this. Where there's a will, there's a way. Ding 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 oh ding 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 ding! Merry Christmas! Christmas. Hey! <laughs> oh man, confetti and gold are raining down. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Santa Claus walks in, but it's actually oh, Wilson. Uh, yeah, okay, that's. The the fruit again. We say low hanging fruit on this show yeah. all the time. Every so often, you're going to trip over the fruit because it's just there <laughs> on the ground. Although I will say, when I saw the name of this episode before we watched it, uh, I was really hoping it was going to be a Wilson episode. <laughs> <laughs> when I was writing notes, when I was writing notes about the scene where Tim is in the backyard talking to Wilson about his will, there were some typos. There were, <laughs> and also there there was uh, there was some. Wish that a lot of good puns were kind of left on the table. Ah, yes. Um, which I would have derided as low-hanging fruit had they been made. So, <laughs> Home improvement, you can't win either way. I know. I want to have it both ways with this show. <laughs> Let me say this. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, maybe it's, it's too early to say this because we've only had two seasons of the show. Yeah. I think that there is one episode per season where they actually punch you right in the emotions. Because <laughs> last season it was For Whom the Belch Tolls. True. And this season, so far, I think it was this one. Because yeah. Tim Allen opened his acting box and took out his acting, and it was really good. <laughs> he, yeah, agreed. I got, I got, you know, I'm not going to say I teared up, because I didn't. But I felt, I, I had some real feels. Yeah, uh, I would say the tears were on the cusp of the uh, um, duct. Yeah, yeah, the cusp of the tear duct. Yes, exactly. Yes. Also, uh, just just a quick promotion. Real Feels is the uh, sequel to the Hugh Jackman movie Real, Real Steel, where he fights robots. <laughs> uh, Real Feels is where he goes to county fairs and fights his feelings with other people. <laughs> it was worth uh, going back yeah. to that to make it that was, joke. Yeah. I realized that I was just hoping that Real Feels is him developing some sort of uh, philia over touching metal. <laughs> He's like salad fingers. Something about it is just really gets him going. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, th- this episode uh, touched on some some deep and some dark stuff. And also, Indeed. and also, it is the first episode this season to open with a cold open that's not at tool time. That's not true. No, <laughs> we ha- we had that conversation in one of the episodes. In oh man, rights and wrong a passage. I think how the turntables have turned. <laughs> Uh, some, one of them didn't, but, uh, you're right. It does often start at tool time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, th- this episode this did not. This episode, okay, so it starts at home, but it yeah. also starts with the first appearance of the, of the personified home improvement logo that bounces around the screen. The little mascot, yeah. Yeah, just like, like, as it starts, the home improvement logo, logo yeah, yeah, just kind of falls from the top of the screen down to the bottom next to Tim on the couch and then hops off and disappears. <laughs> Where do you think it disappeared to? He just ran around the house. Is he hiding in the chimney? I think he's hanging out with the frog transition. I think he and the frog transition got in the car transition and drove uh, through the calendar transition. Oh my god! To go hang out with Pink's wife. What if? Uh, what if we're looking at the like grandmaster of the transitions? The home improvement <laughs> logo is like the Mephito of. He's, of the transition he, animations. He, he is the Joker and all of the other transitions are the other Batman rogues. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh I can I can see that. That's he, he's the no, he's the master of ceremonies. He's the yeah. PT Barnum. He's going to become the face of what you hate the most. 
Do you think that all the transitions, A, exist forever after they have their moment in the sun, and B, do you think they all live together in a cool world type environment? Where... Yeah, I, I was just thinking like a, a emoji movie sort of deal. Oh, God. Emoji movie really is a 21st century cool world when you think about it. <laughs> Uh, just without Brad Pitt. Yeah, and and maybe a little less weird cartoon sex, or even a lot less. Well, I haven't seen the you don't know. movie. Yeah. And you haven't seen the transition world, so <laughs> Pink's, Pink's wife on that slip and slide and that <laughs> opera transition are getting it on. Wait, but the opera transition is a woman, too. Are you saying it's like a lesbian hey, listen, transition the... sexy? <laughs> it might be sexier over there, but there's less, uh, less sexual uh, politics. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Talking about transitions fucking. <laughs> Uh, and also talking about death. This is a weird episode. You'll need Prozac after we finish. Uh, okay. Brad and Randy are playing sumo wrestlers. And that milk's not actually milk. <laughs> no. 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 Too much. No. Truman literally just fell out no. of his chair. No, it's not. No. <laughs> Sometimes there's lines drawn in the sand, and you can cross them. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. You're getting a lump of coal, except it's after Christmas. For uh, Give me the tie back. I'm sending it back to the internet. No. Okay. Brad and Randy are playing sumo wrestlers. Yes. Tim is trying to watch football on TV, and yep. Jill, in classic Jill fashion, wants Tim to stop watching sports and do something responsible. Yes. Women, am I right? <laughs> um... I am on the side of Jill here. That it's better to make your will than to watch the Michigan game? I would agree. <laughs> that you can distract yourself for 15 seconds to acknowledge a person sitting next to you on the couch? Yeah, and a football game is four hours long. Yeah, exactly. And, like, really, are like is it the fourth quarter, Tim? Are you going to miss that much? There's replays. <laughs> I know SportsCenter doesn't exist yet. Uh, did it? I don't know. Did what, I remember watching that growing up. Wait. Is Sports Center older than I think it is? I think it might be. It's it's quite old. We're gonna put Christmas on pause to figure out how old Sports Center is. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Sports Center uh, first aired in 1979. Whoa, Sports Center is way older than I. Th- <laughs> Sports Center is older than me. It's older than me. Good God! Wait, Sports Center. Okay, it's not 40 yet, but it's getting close. Sports Center is driving around in a Corvette and offering younger TV shows cocaine at this point. <laughs> Uh, it is, but do I don't know if they covered uh, college football because Tim's watching the U of M game. Yeah, but Jill wants to work on the will. Yeah, Tim is trying to make any excuse that he can. Yeah. Jill reveals that every time they try to work on the will, Tim comes up with some malady or something that's wrong with him. Maybe even an unchained malady that uh, <laughs> that makes him uh, unable to go and uh, talk about the will. Uh, apparently, the last time they had to do this, uh, Tim begged off because quote his hair hurt. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've had a few hangovers that have made my hair hurt. <laughs> well, we both, ha- we both have pretty luscious heads of hair. I mean, there's a lot there to feel. It's yes. an elaborate network of nerves. <laughs> and uh, I did notice Tim is drinking a beer in the scene as well. Good for Tim. Um, what do you got? Well, the, the only other thing I'll say, and this has really nothing to do with the show itself. We, to pull back the curtain, folks, we're recording this episode in the morning for the first time ever. Yeah. And watching Tim drinking a beer 
at 10 o'clock in the morning, I was like, Tim, that's really irresponsible. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this this could be any, this is yeah. probably after work for him. Like, if I watched, if we watched this at 6 o'clock, like we normally did, I would right. have no problem with that. I don't scene. know. I would say it's a football game. It's probably on a Sunday. I wouldn't say it's 10 a.m., but yeah. it's probably like 1. I mean, yeah, you know, you can, you get a pass today drink. Also, Tim yeah. drinks way less than Al. We know that. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Um, but there there was kind of a fun exchange here where he's uh I, I thought it was just a fun joke. Yeah. Where he's uh he yells at Jill for interrupting him during the game and uh says, I didn't interrupt you during your pregnancy and she goes, No, but you bugged me during conception <laughs> which I thought was a pretty good exchange. Always good. Always bugs me. Bugs. <laughs> bugs. So she basically kind of lays down the gauntlet of we have to get this will done. Yeah. We go to the opening credits. A lot of hijinks. He attaches propellers to the house. You know what happens. Brad stares at the camera, which I can't not see now. I know, I know. You have to make yeah. eye contact with Brad. And I'm wondering... See how you'll die. In... <laughs> I'm wondering if in season three, since they retained him turning the TV on uh, from season one to this one and just re-recorded it, if yeah. they're just going to perpetually have him look at the camera now. Like, is that... <laughs> Theme credit canon. <laughs> he just, it just gets. It just is a. He gets older and older, but you're just looking into his eyes, and they stay the same age. <laughs> oh God. <Ugh. laughs> um. So we we come back from the opening credits. Yeah. Uh, to a close-up on Mark's Godzilla toy that he got last Christmas. Yes. Uh, with also the soundtrack made like a... They had like a Godzilla-y sound playing on... like. There's a lot of interesting sound effects this season, but this episode in particular. Yeah. Because there's a Mallard sound effect later that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, a, a I think they repurposed a fart sound effect for that Mallard sound effect. But, <laughs> but in time, in time. All right. Uh, but no, we get this close-up on Mark's Godzilla toy. Which, which I, I do want to mention yeah, something about this toy um this godzilla toy which made its debut in uh uh the christmas episode of season one you'll better watch out um has made an appearance in this show in the background numerous times yeah i've noticed it um it's also on the mantle of the connor house in roseanne okay so it's passing Tommy Westfall is swiping that from one house, taking it to the other house. <laughs> uh, well, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, we've speculated that uh, Benford exists in the Tool Time, or in the Toy Story universe, yeah. and if uh, we've connected Roseanne to uh, Home Improvement, could this Godzilla figure be sentient? Could this Godzilla figure be T-Rex from Ooh. the Toy Story movies? Wow. Wait, who's the name? Who? It's not... John Ratzenberger's the pig, right? He's not... Who's the voice of Who's the voice of Sean well, uh, Wallace Shawn? Wallace Shawn. How could I forget Wallace Shawn? <laughs> oh man. We, okay, we have to go back now through every episode this Godzilla toy is in and just and just edit Wallace Shawn's voice in there. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> I don't know why I made him sound like a cartoon character. Because Wallace Shawn is a cartoon character. Let's 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 get right on that. But a fine actor as well. Oh no, he's great. He's great. My dinner with Andre. A uh, 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 clueless. A master builder. Um, and and the imaginary Ziggy movie from the Flophouse. Uh, <laughs> so Godzilla Wallace Shawn is sitting on this plank in the backyard, yeah. and we pull back from this close up to see that that uh, Brad and Randy have fo- have uh, kind of built a crude seesaw with this plank and a fulcrum underneath it. I think it's a fulcrum. Yeah, I think so. Fulcrums. Yeah. 
And so they jump <laughs> on the other side of it and they uh, launch Wallace Shawnzilla up and then he falls down and breaks like into two pieces. His tail breaks off. <laughs> and at first I was thinking like, oh, this is a plot point. They're breaking the toy that Mark wanted so badly a year ago. Yeah, right. And then Mark comes out in the backyard and does not cry a single tear for Godzilla. Yeah, not in the least bit. Uh, but he does uh, get so excited that his brothers want to play with him oh God, so that depressing. he <laughs> agrees to be launched in the air as well. And my note on that was, Mark, you're too old to believe that. Randy walks out back and sees what they're doing. Uh, no, Mark comes out back, sees what they're doing. Randy says, hey, Mark, have you ever played Rocket Man? And Mark's response is, you want to play with me? <laughs> yeah. And Randy says, you get to be the Rocket. And he's just so excited. And I had to ask... Did the movie The Rock steal that line from this episode? Because it's the most notorious, bad, most contrived line in an action movie where Nicolas Cage goes... You like music? I feel like I really like Elton John. Yeah, I feel like... No, you are the Rocket Man. It's you. You are the Rocket Man. But then... To, critis- to criticize The Rock for a second, that they then didn't have, and I think it's gonna be a long, long time, as the guy <laughs> flies out and gets impaled on that chain link fence. Oh my goodness. Um, so they get Randy to stand on the end of the seesaw where Wallace Shawnzilla was earlier, and then uh, Brad and Randy both jump up into the tree and hang from the branch and are all ready to drop onto it and launch... Uh, Mark across the yard, but then Jill comes out and stops them. But then she she is scolding Brad and Randy, who are still hanging from the tree, and says, "Don't you two move! You stay right there!" And she leaves, <laughs> and they just keep hanging. Yeah. Although I like to think that Mark would have been fine because he would have launched over Wilson's fence, and Wilson just would have shot out one of his god clouds <laughs> to catch him. <laughs> yes, but then he would have put Mark on his ark. <laughs> uh, the Mark Ark. The Mark Ark. There's Noah's Mark. <laughs> And Noah's Noah's Mark is just the big X where he has buried Noah's Ark. I feel like... In the desert. I feel like, really, Mark is more like Noah in that story. Because as I remember, and we we all know what a Bible scholar I am, but I seem to remember that God tells Noah that he's going to flood the earth, and Noah starts building this ark, and everyone else is like, Noah, you're so gullible, you're such an (laughs) idiot, you don't know what's going on. And Noah's just... Noah has his faith and is is slaving away at it. And so, I don't know, maybe, maybe Mark... Maybe Mark is Noah. Well, I'll tell you what. His name is Tara Noah Smith. Oh, man, if only I knew the names of the actors on this show, <laughs> I would have I would have caught that sooner. Uh, so we return back inside with Jill uh, and Mark, and Tim has just returned from getting a physical at the doctor. He yep. says he's fitter than a Greek god. Just call me Baklava. <laughs> Which isn't really funny, but I appreciate the spirit of that joke. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, it makes uh, very little sense. Yeah. Um, but I would, I could go for some baklava right now. I, I could too, usually, in fact. It's a, <laughs> it's a tasty uh, mortality Christmas treat. Uh, while you were taking a note on that, I was a taking... I was a taking... Hey, I'm a taking a note. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey. inner Italian came out. Um, <clears throat> taking a note on how awesome his Binford jacket was and how much I want one of those. That's pretty cool. I looked yeah, I should have looked for one of those. <laughs> I'm going to get you, over the course of us doing this podcast, I'm going to get you an entire... You're going to turn me into... Tim. Yeah. All right, I'm yeah. into it. It's Extreme Makeover Tim Edition. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was that was a cool jacket, though. I saw yeah. it when he, he has, like, Bin, Binford written on the back. Yeah, and, yeah. It was yeah. just, like, a cool cut I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in this scene, too, we learn um, a couple things about uh, both Jill and Tim's family. Yeah. Um, Jill has, you know, so they're talking about, uh, they're, they're readdressing the will, and Will, uh, t- Jill, Jill and the will. <laughs> wow. Jill and the will, Tuesdays on CBS. <laughs> Where there's a Jill. <laughs> right after young Sheldon. God. Um, Tune in <clears throat> next year for young Will. <laughs> and that's the uh, prequel to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, actually, it is. It's it's about it's about him getting in one little fight and his mom getting scared, <laughs> and it's an hour long drama. <laughs> well, he does die in that fight, oh, as we discussed. Right. Um, she Jill is talking about uh, who they should bequeath the kids to. Uh, is, that, is it a bequeathing? <laughs> no, it's an ownership thing. Um, <laughs> I I bequeath these three living creatures who you have to care for by law. Uh, but she's she's saying, let's talk about who gets the kids if, you know, something should happen to us. And in doing so, we learn a little bit about Tim's family. He has two brothers are mentioned, uh, Jeff and Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two family members we haven't heard of before. I thought it was, and in the past they've alluded to a single brother. Yeah. Who, who Tim, quote unquote, doesn't talk to anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's St- uh, Steve. Maybe that's yeah. uh, Jeff. I don't know. Um, I do know we find one of Tim's brothers on the show eventually, and it's neither of these two guys. So there's just, they're just, there's just a whole clan of Tim brothers there's roaming a bunch, the country. How much does that scare you to know there's that many tailors out there? <laughs> That's why, I mean, well, it seems like every time there's an industrial disaster, we can tie it to one of the tailors. <laughs> tie it to the tailors. Um, Tuesdays on CBS. <laughs> uh, we also learn uh, Jill mentions Robin, which I think is an interesting callback. Yeah, because uh, we met Robin, played by the effervescent Amy Ryan. Yes, in, of course. Uh, uh, Luck be a Taylor tonight from last season. Yeah, so she she's tossing out people who the kids can go to, yeah. and Tim, as the boys are running around being rambunctious, suggests, why do we have to wait until we die to get rid of the kids? <laughs> uh, and they're disagreeing over burial and cre- versus cremation. Yeah. Uh, they, they just, Tim seems to have a lot of baggage tied up in having oh, yeah. this discussion. He doesn't really want to engage with this. Which we learn why by the end of this episode. Yes, <clears throat> in, a, in a heartfelt moment that we are not spoiling. <laughs> uh, we get a Will Page transition. Yeah. Actually, I do want to mention, yeah. um, one last fleeting thing in this. Uh, toward the end of the scene, the boys come rushing in, uh, all running, which is what prompts Tim's yeah. line, can we just get rid of them now? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> saying they're screaming wedgie patrol as they're running through the house and i want to call into question a little bit uh wouldn't wouldn't the wedgie patrol be patrolling against wedgies rather than uh giving them out i mean i think that the wedgie patrol maybe if it was other kids doing the wedgie patrol like if it was a couple really con if mark was in charge of the wedgie patrol if yeah. he was the commanding officer of the wedgie patrol yeah they'd be going in there and helping out people and de-picking their wedgies but <laughs> when randy is in charge okay. it's a it's like it's like the firemen in fahrenheit 451 you'd think that they're putting out fires but actually they're setting books on fire <laughs> It's it's there's a All whole right. there's a whole dystopian sci-fi novel about people wedging each other, <laughs> and it's called Ready Wedgie One. God, uh, Freddy Krueger does some bad wedgies <laughs> in, in that movie. 
Um, that takes us. So, uh, what was the transition that we got? That was, was the, that was the normal one, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was a, that was a will page transition, which oh, honestly okay. feels normal because I've seen so many transitions now where the screen <laughs> yeah. peels away and flips off as a page. But you can yeah. you can see on the back of it as it kind of flies off that there's like will and testament. Oh, stuff gotcha. Okay, yeah. and that takes us to tool time. Yeah, uh, our first tool time scene, and uh, Al, this is where Al says that he has purchased a lot up in Houghton Lake, Michigan, which is uh, northern central Michigan, uh-huh. um, and has been building a cabin by hand, a log cabin, a log cabin, yeah, yeah, with nothing but an axe. And I really wanted that to as much as good as this episode was. It's like I hope that we, I hope that. Al's log cabin he's building by hand is the equivalent of Tim's hot rod. I want <laughs> yeah, updates. Right. I want to see it grow throughout the series. Because yeah. there's, there's something about Al alone in the woods with just an axe making a house out of trees that I <laughs> that really tickles me. Oh, indeed. He's, he is like uh, Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. <laughs> I read that... Uh, I read Minus that, the racism. <laughs> well, we don't know. I mean, he's out there alone in the woods. He can say whatever he wants, right? Fair, yeah. Uh, I remember that that um, Daniel Day Lewis was in The Crucible. I think mm-hmm. the the film adaptation of The Crucible, and in true Daniel Day Lewis fashion, the way that he prepared for that role was he built by hand the house that his character lived in. Like he went out and using like 16th century or 17th century yeah. construction techniques, built the house. So I think this lends credence to the Daniel Day Lewis is playing Al theory. <laughs> That, that either we discussed previously or that I discussed with you in a dream I had about recording this podcast. <laughs> Reality and, and fiction are all blending together here. Uh, that's right. I call your dreams fiction. But they are because they don't actually have... Oh, well, oh, you mean my dreams dreams. <laughs> but also my dreams aren't coming true, so it's true. also fiction. <laughs> this is really... I, I, this whole episode is about taking a real hard look at your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give you a tie, you give me uh, really uh, no-holds-barred introspection. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but Tim, in the scene, says that uh, he gives some... I'm, I'm very conflicted. This is one of the moments where I don't quite understand Tim's delineation in terms of like what constitutes being a man in manhood. Yeah. Because building a log cabin with nothing but elbow grease and an axe seems like the manliest thing you can do. Ron Swanson would look at that and go, damn. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, which I guess leads more credence to the theory that maybe they don't have to be related, but, uh, you know, maybe they're in the, maybe, do you think young a young Ron Swanson is in the Al Borland fan club? Yes, I do. I think he is an Al pal. Because after all, beards of a feather flock together. <laughs> But Tim is like Tim is on the side of use more power. He wants to use this eighty one hundred uh, Benford chainsaw, this like real long, you know, log cutting chainsaw. And, and when they bring it out later, he's only showing it in pictures at first. This yeah. is a comically huge chainsaw. It's massive. No yeah. chainsaw has any business being this big, <laughs> unless you're cutting down trees in the forest. Yeah, unless you're cutting down the big tree that, that all the Navi live in in Avatar. That, that, <laughs> They blow up yeah. with missiles. That's the only reason you would need this chainsaw. And at that point, you would need one of those mech suits from the end of Aliens <laughs> in order to wield it safely. <laughs> that now that is more power. <laughs> Shit! I n- now I get w- away from her, you bird. <laughs> <laughs> now he wouldn't even say that. Just the thing. The thing would open the camera. The camera just dollies up on Tim in the suit. He just goes. <laughs> and, and then if, Hugh and Jackman if, comes in and starts licking all the steel. <laughs> 
or feeling all the steel licking. I don't know where I, I took feel it there. Steel. Yeah, feel steel. Yeah. Well, now it's uh, now it's real licking steel. I don't know. That's the unauthorized porno parody. <laughs> because if anything needed Huge a porno... Jackman. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's get back on track, baby. <laughs> all right. Yeah, look, as much as I'd love to talk about this alien parody... So Tim is so insistent on Al using this huge chainsaw, and in true um, home improvement fashion, he uh, is holding up a picture of the chainsaw, and every time he flashes it to the camera, uh, the sound effect of the chainsaw going plays. And then this leads us into a bit that goes on for, I think, six or seven hours, where (laughs) Al, every time Al tries to say something, Tim flips up the picture of the chainsaw so the sound effect will play. And again and again, you know... Al saying, well, you really need to be careful. You just need to use caution. And finally, Al takes the picture of the chainsaw and rips it in half and holds it up to the camera and the sound stops. But then Tim has another picture of the chainsaw and he holds it up and the sound starts again. Yeah. The the sound effects guys on Tool Time work harder than anyone else. They work harder. They work harder than the producers. They work harder than the talent, except yeah. Al. It's really, the whole show is basically Al, the sound effects guy, and Lisa doing talent booking. Well, let's, I want to crack this open for a little bit here, because right, sound right. effects are becoming more important on this show. So, in your mind, in the universe of Tool Time, <clears throat> not Home Improvement, but Tool Time. The Tooliverse, yes. Uh, this guy, that's the, the sound effects guy, do you think there was a... Uh, sit down with Tim before the show saying, hey, I've got this bit to wind up Al, or is Tim the kind of producer that uh, would just do this and throw a, throw a wrench, if you will, at this guy uh, to find a chainsaw sound effect um, on on the fly? I think I think in the Tooliverse what's happening is uh, just that that it's a magic studio and and that sound plays when he holds it up it's like full of hobbits or something um but but if if there had to be a realistic explanation i think that uh i think that the sort of boss tim is is tim would just expect the sound guy to have this ready yeah. maybe tim and the sound guy have been working together so long that the first couple years were kind of rocky but <laughs> because these gags didn't happen all the time maybe maybe they were kind of learning to work with each other and mm-hmm. now this guy is so perfectly attuned to what it's like how i can kind of predict when a grunt is coming sometimes he <laughs> sometimes can yeah predict when one of these sight and sound gags is coming <laughs> not in this episode there no. were there were some sneaky especially oh, in this scene uh some sneaky grunts yeah they, they were coming up all over the place this was a this is a 15 grunt episode which is you know nothing necessarily to write home about but... i think that i mean I, I, what that tells me is that we're having more grunts per episode uh, this season than we were last season. It's a, certainly an upward trajectory. Yes. I mean, outside of our very first episode this season, "Read My Hips," where it was a zero count grunt uh, episode, they've all been plus ten. Yeah, and some of the, and there we've had two plus twenty fives. I think when we when it comes time for the season finale spectacular, a when I do the average, I'm gonna do the good math thing and actually throw out the the high and the low point and kind of get rid of some of those outliers. <laughs> but it is gonna the average will be higher, and I I'm interested to see in a very boring Nate Silver 538.com way. I'm very interested in by the time we're done charting this on a graph. Oh my God, yes, I, I, and seeing and seeing like at what point because either either the number of grunts per episode is going to steadily increase for all eight seasons or it's going we're going to like hit a point of equilibrium we're going to have a grunt plateau 
<laughs> and uh, I, I want to see when that is. How long does it take them to achieve their grunt plateau? If you had to guess, what would you say? Season, I, I guess I want to say season four because it's the halfway point. Mm-hmm. And also it's just, or season, or maybe season three just because in terms of television by season three, that's when everybody's figured out what they're yeah, doing. Like, right. not, the writers know what they're doing. The actors have settled into their roles. The Even the, the crew have, uh, you know... They've figured sure, out yeah. the set dressing. So. And even audiences know what to expect and you yeah. know, know what to get tired of. Yeah. Wait, okay, now, was this Tool Time segment the one with Alice fans, or is it the next it's one? It's the next one. Oh, it's the next one. Okay, yeah. well, then we need, we, we'll talk about audiences. It will come very soon, because we only really have two short scenes uh, in between there, so. I guess we do, yeah. Um, so, I, from there, I guess it's the backyard. Yeah, it takes to us to the backyard, uh, where... What I found kind of funny is that the boys, you know, in the last handful of episodes didn't, um, probably since uh, the Halloween episode, haven't had a whole lot to do. They've kind of just been bouncing around the house. Yeah. Um, So they're just given like one or two lines here and there. And for Randy, they're really just like really hammering home that he is a murdering psychopath. Yeah. Because his only line in the scene in the backyard is... uh, Mark, the scene starts with Mark going, what's a will and testament? And, um, you know, Brad or Randy says something like, oh, it's, you know, what you say you're going to give all your things to when you die. Mm. Uh, And Randy just says, I think Brad says that, so that Randy just says, it's good to have one in case we kill you. (laughs) Which isn't even a joke so much as just (laughs) a threat with a laugh track behind it. Okay, and and I'm not, I don't disagree with the thing you're saying here, but I will point out, they almost kill Mark a lot on this show. <laughs> like, they were a second away from launching him yeah. uh, into the stratosphere. Uh, I mean, games like Blade Warriors. They're always doing stuff like this. So on some level, I can see Randy saying that in his Patrick Bateman brain, being <laughs> like, oh, Mark will appreciate appreciate this. We routinely endanger his life, so at least he knows that his affairs will be put in order afterwards. All the affairs <laughs> of a six-year-old. Uh what, okay, I didn't. I didn't pay as much attention to the dialogue in this yeah. scene, though. As so, Brad and Randy are talking, and they start argue. Like, what? What is the conflict between them that makes them start to wrestle? I have notes about <laughs> the wrestling. But just okay. It's just, <laughs> I'm an only child. Yeah, yeah, like, we don't, we don't get this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I got. But yeah. uh, Brad, like, he's been practicing his wrestling moves. He does like he perfects it's... a sidearm slam pretty great, it... and then Randy uh, sweeps the leg. It was brilliant. I was, I was really. This, this was good. I wish I would honestly watch an entire episode that's just those two kids fighting. They have some good form. <laughs> Tony Jaw is choreographing uh, <laughs> the sibling rivalry rivalry fight. I, I feel like I, I feel like you know Randy comes in and he I don't know maybe he like parachutes into the ring or something. He takes and people are booing him because naturally Randy is the wrestling yeah. villain. And he's, you know, he's working the crowd. He's doing the thing where he, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm twirling my hands around yeah. to my ear. He's like doing, doing the Hulk Hogan yeah, thing. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Listening the to one. the audience. But then um, then Brad comes in. I feel like, like, Brad is the John Cena of this. Because I think he just bursts <laughs> through the wall and it's like, Brad Taylor! Ba-ba-da-da! All American music playing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can see that. And then he goes on to a great film career. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, copyrights aside, that uh, Brad on the show would be a Hulkamaniac. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, at that time, with... Are you saying that because of the mullet? (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe, yeah, it's the flowing blonde hair. Is it because when you were approximately that age living in Michigan, you were a, you were a Hulk maniac? <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny that I had a Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. Um, Wait, a Hulk, Hulk, Hogan, Hulk, Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy? Yeah. Does that mean you had a friend who was also into Hulk Hogan? <laughs> or you mean, or is that like a product? Um, both. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, the wrestling buddies were these uh, pillows uh, that were designed to look like uh, wrestling characters from the WWF oh. at the time, not oh, okay. WWE, um, that were like made of nylon or something and mm. just had the print of the, the character on them. And then you would expressly destroy your living room while wrestling with them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and get yelled at by your parents. Okay, to okay. not jump on the couch because you're too old. That sounds a lot like you're confirming that you had one. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny that I had four. <laughs> There, there are guys out there who have Japanese anime uh, girl body pillows, and they have fewer than four of them. <laughs> but I also know what I'm getting yeah. you for next Christmas. Uh, but also, I'm not using it for the same purposes. They only need one. <laughs> well, maybe Me, they were supplanting my friends, so I needed as many as I could get. <laughs> Jeez, you had four. Would you, do like, would you just reenact Seinfeld episodes with them? You'd have them there on the couch. <laughs> Yes. You know, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan's like talking on the phone and then Rowdy Roddy Piper bursts through the door. <laughs> oh my goodness. It would be John Cena bursting through the door though. What am yeah. I thinking? Uh, anyway, the boys wrestle really well. Props for the fight choreography yeah. on this episode. Even Tim gives him props. Yeah, t- Tim comes out and he's like, way to sleep the, sweep the leg, Randy. And the, <laughs> the audience laughs as though that's yeah. something that's funny. But no, these are just, he's being a good dad. Well, we, we also should mention um, the correlation between sweep the leg and the karate kid, True. which is <laughs> what the bad team uh, <laughs> continues to scream out at the end of that. So uh, Randy is a Cobra Kai. <laughs> None of this is a shock. He's Randy is just the bad guy in every 80s movie um, and American Psycho. Um, so the boys finish their, their grudge match and Tim sends him inside or whatever the hell mm. he does. And then he's standing by the fence talking to Wilson about his will issues. <laughs> Landon, that must have been a spicy sausage, Landon. <laughs> that was supposed to be my mallard call. The, honestly, the first one was fairly conv- like. At first, I was like, "Did you go hunting as a kid? <laughs> Did he learn how to do a duck call with his hand? Is that a? I can't do it. No, no. they're getting fartier. <laughs> first, the salute to lubricants. Now, this our show is is. Re- I want to chart the number of fart jokes on this show and our downward trajectory and star ratings on iTunes, <laughs> and then overlay that with the grunt counts on Home Improvement. <laughs> And that'll be a really boring graph for yeah. people to look at. because <laughs> it has no relevant information that correlates to one another. Uh, yeah, I want to I correlate serial killings with episodes of Will and Grace. <laughs> um, so Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> to kill someone? Sure. <laughs> this, this episode's really just about Randy. Yeah, again. <laughs> uh, so Wilson has uh, some pelts nailed up in his backyard like yeah. some animal pelts those have always been there though have they always i think so yeah i only noticed them now because he's talking about the duck calls and the yeah. hunting stuff <clears throat> um but he's taught you know they, so they talk about wills and 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 tim is just trying to get to the bottom of why it, it gives him so much trouble and wilson explains that uh Wilson doesn't really give him advice. He just tells him a lot of weird stuff. He says, yes. he says maybe it's because Tim Taylor is an anagram of mortality. And and Tim, Tim, do you have his exact line, his response? I don't know. It's something like, I don't know. Wilson says, does, 
does do you do you not like hearing that, Tim? And Tim says, I just don't like that you know that. <laughs> Which is uh, you know, I think <laughs> worth stating. Um But should it be a he's been living next door to Wilson for fourteen years. Is it really like are you surprised by anything Wilson does anymore? The only surprising thing Wilson can do is show his full face. <laughs> so Wilson alludes to um, Will's being some extension of Cro-Magnon cave paintings and mm-hmm. wanting to leave something of yourself behind. Uh, Tim does a, another... A very long-winded... Uh, almost feels like a stand-up bit. Of, of like a caveman carving into yeah, the he's got a, wall. He's got a twig in his hand and he's pretending it's a chisel and he's saying, yeah. to my... Caveman's sons, I leave, yeah. you know, my wheel. Yeah. And to my wife, yeah. ding, I ding, leave. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Which just is like, what's this, what's this gripe with it? women? This, this, like, he goes through, this took, this takes about as long as it would take to fill out your will and testament. It's like, <laughs> will and testament of Grog Ogson to my son. Yeah, just... I feel like I feel like the script supervisor was like, um, uh, Mr. Mr. Allen, we really we don't have a lot of time in this episode. And Tim's like, no, this is gold. <laughs> I don't make me burn your suggestions with a flamethrower at the beginning of next season. <laughs> um, so Wilson eventually consoles Tim by saying, oh, you've got another you've probably got another 50 years. And Tim says, or I could die tomorrow. No laugh line. And womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Death, death, death. <laughs> and uh, Tim walks away, and then we find... Well, this is there's a really weird string of things that happen here. So that exchange happens, and then we hear a Mallard call again out yes. of nowhere. I and Maybe, I'm assuming Wilson did it, but... It, maybe I don't know. It's the it's like it's like the duck call equivalent of the sad trombone noise. <laughs> but when you do it with a duck call, it sounds even more like a fart than all the fart noises we were making earlier. It, it, it just goes like... No, well, no, that's an actual fart. Like, no, no, that was your actual mouth. <laughs> don't don't ruin the podcast magic, dude. <laughs> but the, the the that it comes off of Tim Tim and and Wilson having this kind of somber yeah. reflection of like death can come for us at any time, and then <laughs> these are just fart noises. <laughs> Okay, I'm just we're just going to record it off the TV set and I'll dub it into the episode or something. We have yeah. to explain it it's it's a raspberry-ish sound yes. that the show makes. It's almost it's it comes out of nowhere and we're not seeing Wilson, so it's hard to attribute it to the character doing it. It almost feels like if you've ever if anyone's ever edited anything, having a timeline and then just having a stray sound effect uh that you forgot about Somewhere, you know, looped over uh, in an appropriate spot. Uh, all of you listening to this have probably encountered that at some point or another, given that I'm the one editing these. Uh, yeah, I kind of like the idea that Wilson did it, though. This idea that they they don't really come to a come to a satisfactory conclusion to their conversation, so Wilson just adds his own sound effect to it. <laughs> uh, but then we find up in the tree, uh, hidden from view, Mark is hiding and uh, listening to them in the same place yeah. that he hid oh so long ago when he thought that he was going to get exchanged for another boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Mark's sad tree. Yes, Mark's sad tree or Mark's hatchery. <laughs> uh- 
Mark's Hatchery sounds like the name of a restaurant that primarily serves egg dishes. Uh, I'd go there. Yeah, I would too. It'd yeah. be the new egg slot. Maybe a shorter line outside. L.A. in-jokes. We get a leaf transition into the next scene. Uh, indeed, which is the garage. And um, Tim is... I, I got the impression that it was late at night. Because mm-hmm. uh, Jill walks in kind of groggy. Oh. Wait, no. What? Al Borland fan club. Back to the set. No, no, that's club. after the scene. You sure? Okay, 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 go on. Um, All right, yeah. Yeah, so Tim, or Jill walks in, Tim's working on the hot rod, uh, clearly bothered by this mortality thing, and Jill walks in saying, hey, I've been thinking about it, maybe you're right, we should give it to your brother, give the kids to your brother. Uh, and he's like, no, that's that's a dumb idea, he is the most irresponsible person, he used to put honey on my ass and <laughs> tell me to sit on red anthills. And also, Tim, why would you do that? You are you, the, the mark comes from you. <laughs> the mark is coming from inside your soul. <laughs> And that's our first T-shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, I like this this idea that there's just a, bi- a microcosm of the family he has right now, and Tim was the mark in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which means that presumably his other brothers are the Randy and the Brad. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we're having, whenever we whenever we meet one of his brothers, we're yeah. gonna have to figure out which one that is. Well, well yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, to see that. But Jill is. Um, Trying to, like, get to the bottom. She can tell that something's bothering Tim and mm. is trying to get to the bottom of it. And uh, he uh, – it, it should be worth mentioning that Wilson, um, while giving Tim the anagram that his name is uh, <laughs> uh, Mortality? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah mortality. mortality. That uh, Jill's is actually Jolly Trail. <laughs> um, so Tim gets real, like – in his head and recites, uh, you know, Wilson's inaccurate uh, words back at Jill. Well, no, he he recites Wilson's accurate words inaccurately back at Jill. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, he, yeah, he goes, that's easy for you to say. You're a jolly trail. I'm, you know, I'm mortality or whatever. And he, and, and there, there was some something that Wilson had said about how humans are, mm-hmm. are aware of their mortality, but animals are unconscious to it. So Tim says something like, and if I was an animal, I'd be unconscious. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Yeah, I like yeah, it. I like that. There, there, is, there, are, there are hints of the, um, the way that on Frasier things will get kind of, you know, words or phrases will get tossed out at one point and then they will come back in an absurd or hilarious way later, like yeah. someone will misinterpret something or mishear <laughs> something and it becomes a comedy of errors. There, yeah. are, there are just, just little, little smoky hints of that on home improvement. Smoky hints of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's the, that's the new cover of hazy shade of winter. <laughs> but not too much else happens in that scene. It's really no, just it, to kind of, uh, reinforce that Tim is struggling with this idea of mortality. Yeah. Um, but that takes us into the tool time scene. Which which we get to with a transition that is so normcore that it could have been almost on another show. It's just the screen that we're on just just lowers itself. It's just yeah, down, downward wipe. And then and then tool time set with the with the grunt work theme song playing. Yeah. Uh, which okay, so this this scene opens up with Tim doing a callback in the first tool time scene, we forgot to mention that Tim has another uh cue card joke. It wasn't a one, two, three joke, but it was like he holds up a picture of one of Al's ancestors, which is just a photoshopped version of Al's face on a Victorian woman. Yeah. Um, called Sal Borland. Yeah. Which, in my experience, Sal's a man's name. Yeah. And he was showing uh, a female ancestor of his. But so then Tim calls back his own joke here saying, um, Welcome everybody to uh, Tool Time. I'm Tim the Tool Man Taylor. You know my assistant Al, uh, descendant of Sal Borland, uh, Borland or whatever. Yeah. 
it implies that Tim thought that that bit, that gag, that one-off gag, was so good that he had to call <laughs> it back later. Yeah, it was real lame. Both in the both in the Tulaverse and just Tim Allen himself was like, "No, this is gold. <laughs> Revisit it." I, I, I'm not. I'm not even. I, I'm not going to look down my nose at making jokes about Al being girly. That's part of the DNA of this show. But just yeah. make a. If you're going to call back to it, do a better joke about Al being girly. <laughs> uh, agreed. Or, or I guess it's not Al being great. It's a joke about Al having ugly family members. Just nothing off. What it's just it's a bad joke with like a very flimsy premise that you could bend to your own will. I guess if I this know, show existed stupid. now, he could do much better Photoshop gags. <laughs> let's just say that. Um, here's a here's a, a picture of what Al would look like if he had a dog snout and ears on his face. <laughs> So, but Al gets an extra big cheer today because for some reason, uh, the Al Borland fan club is there. Yes. Cheering for Al. Uh, and we get a shot of them out in the audience and it's all these guys wearing massive Al Borland buttons. Oh my God. Were you around in the fashion era of oversized buttons? I, I mean, I remember, I remember people having them. I remember yeah. people see, seeing people wear them. I never wore one myself. I, I had one of the uh, original Ninja Turtles movie, the very first movie. Uh, that's the I best Ninja Turtles movie to get loved, a button of. I love that button, and I want an iHeart Borland uh, <laughs> oversized button. I one hopes that that they had to have produced a lot of this stuff that's floating around eBay or something <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> right? I know it, we talked about this. We know someone who works at ABC. Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta like uh, work our way. Pull a little heist and go into the prop department. Yeah, the ABC the vaults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be it would be a real Indiana Jones situation. You know, we <laughs> we open up the we open up the the crate that they keep all the ties in, but then all these ghosts come out and our faces melt. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, but one thing I want to say: uh, the Al Borland fan club is really diverse. Yes, yes. There's a sick guy wearing a <laughs> wearing a, a turban. Yeah, it was. I mean, all ages. Uh, there was only seemed to be men though, which was a little strange. Which but... is, given given how popular Al is with the ladies, yeah. it's like a it's like a Channing Tatum fan club with only men in it. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> But yeah, there was like there a, a sick guy and like a couple. I it looked like a, either Latinos or like. Yeah, I mean, it was movies. all across the board. Yeah. yeah. Um. So props to that. So I wonder was that uh was that in you know the the writers were like no Al I feel like speaks to a cross section of America and of Detroit society and let's have everyone or is it just that that day a diverse group of people came to see a taping of Home Improvement? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I do not know. Yeah. Um. I like to think the the former. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems like it would be true. He he is he, the cornerstone of Tool Time. He does appeal to everybody. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Al, everyone likes Al. Exactly. He, it's been like, established. He's like Tom Hanks, <laughs> America's dad. Um, by the way, I'm getting more and more concerned about Pamela Anderson, who is just not on the show. I know, I know. Did we, did we make the face on a milk carton joke yet? Because yeah, it's more yes. and more relevant. Well. <laughs> Well, I put her put her face on a soy milk curtain. <laughs> put her face on a poster at the post office. Uh, how are we doing on time? Can I fit a Pam's corner in here? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we can quickly take a take a jaunt into all right, Pam's corner. Go on. <laughs> all right, welcome to Pam's corner. Uh, I got a quick one for you yeah. this week. Um, Pamela Anderson, uh, right after she was born. Uh, got some attention because she was a centennial baby. Uh, she was just born on July 1st, 1967. 
the 100th anniversary of Canada's official founding uh, via the Constitution Act of 1867. So, so Pamela, and not only is Pamela Anderson Canadian, she's like super Canadian. <laughs> she is the centennial baby. She is extremely can- Wow. How did she not get famous just for that? <laughs> for be- she could be on the flag, basically. Yeah. It's it's probably uh, one of Canada's prime exports. The, the the new Canadian flag, they get rid of the maple leaf, and it's just a, a GIF image of her running in slow motion. <laughs> and yet she is living the American dream yeah. uh, because she has become one of the most American things, marrying Kid Rock. Uh, <laughs> I think that's one way to induct – just like it's, that's one way to get – I mean, obviously get your green card, but – no man, there's better ways to get your green card. Join join the freaking army and get your green card. That don't marry Chris Rock. That, you can I, marry Chris Rock. Uh, that would yeah, be kind of fun. Yeah, no, don't. Yeah, Chris Rock. Sure, don't marry Kid Rock. <laughs> marry the Rock. Just yeah. Just, there's so many rocks you could marry, and she picked the worst one. No wonder their marriage was rocky. <laughs> oh, there's a Rocket Man to be joked about there. Oh yeah, but we're not going to. Hey man, we are the Rocket Man. We are. <laughs> The Rocket Man. <laughs> Beep. Dagon. Ah, There's a missile being launched out. Um, the, yeah, by by Brad and Randy jumping on a seesaw. <laughs> uh, so that has been uh, this week's Pam's Corner. Uh, oh. See, see you next week, guys. I didn't. I didn't have a pithier joke ready to leave oh, the thing with, oh, so I just did right. the door sound. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Al's fan club is there. Al's fan club doesn't really factor into this episode of the plot in any way. Not in the least. But it's a cool thing that I'd like to see more of. They're there to support Al in his um, endeavor to build this cabin with his bare hands rather than with a chainsaw. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, they bring out Tim's massive chainsaw, which is probably six to eight feet long. It's on (laughs) a cart. And and Al mentions that it's referred to as the Widowmaker. And I, what are they going to just start it up and cut through something on set? That yeah, day? they've got uh, I can't remember some sort of block of wood that's out there, uh, yeah. and they oh have, right, they bring uh, the log. Yeah, they bring out two lumberjacks. Yeah, uh, which in the most fleetiest of fleeting <laughs> appearances by guest stars on the show, yeah, uh, they literally just like wheel out the log or whatever. Yeah, uh, say thank you, and then Al gives them an oversized button, and they leave. Yeah, like there's not even a conversation. <laughs> It must have been a sweepstakes, win a walk-on roll on Home Improvement if you buy 2,000 pogs. Well, uh, one of the guys... Collect all Desert Storm trading cards and you get a walk-on roll on Home Improvement. One of the guys is an actor um, who appeared in shows such as ER and Matlock and Melrose Place. Whoa, 90s McNinety's. Yeah, let me read some of these. uh, uh, His name... Okay, so one of the guys... I think it's the guy that speaks. Uh, His name is Wilson Razor. Uh, R-A-I-S-E-R. That's a pretty cool name. If it, uh, yeah. And his character names are, on ER, he played Frankenstein. <laughs> on Matlock, he played Bouncer. And on Melrose Place, he played Stranger. Uh, point of order, did he play Frankenstein or did he play Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> like, is, is Frankenstein, is Dr. Frankenstein one of the new uh, residents at the hospital on ER? Maybe, yeah. Played by George Clooney. <laughs> And that's, I don't know, we don't get too much, we don't even get any conclusion to what's happening on Tool Time. We, they don't, we, they don't fire up the chainsaw, which on a show like this, it really feels like taking candy from a baby, like introducing a massive <laughs> yeah. tool and then not using yeah. it. They broke the checkoff rule. <laughs> when you, when you introduce a chainsaw sound effect in act one, you have to <laughs> cut a log in half in act three. Uh, 
the the big thing from this is that Tim is very suddenly anxious about turning the chainsaw on per yeah. his worries about death, it being called the Widowmaker. Right. Um, the lumberjacks bring the log in. Tim is talking about safety to the camera. Then he turns to walk to the chainsaw and he bonks his head on the log like that one pipe in the basement. <laughs> or Bob Vila. Uh, yes, yes, also like that. It's really what goes around comes around. Yes. Uh, and then we get a log transition. <laughs> Actually, this transition didn't bother me too much because it was just the rotating of the uh, the log that they were bringing in, and that wiped the scene essentially. I, I mean, I don't feel anything anymore, man. I'm dead inside. <laughs> these these transitions, they just can't even hurt me. Um, but that takes us back home uh, at nighttime, and um, and Tim is ordering some Ginsu knives. They're not Ginsu, but they're the you know tool, the home improvement version of Ginsu. They're they're the late night TV knives. Yes, the, the guy he's watching this commercial, and and the guy is talking about how these knives will cut through the tailpipe of a car. <laughs> Tim's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a bunch of grunts on him dialing the phone. <laughs> but th- this commercial felt so weird to me because it, it felt just out of place. Because like, it's so completely absurd, like, watching a guy cut through a tailpipe with a knife, and it's yes. clearly a joke. And it's just, typically, if something if weird and absurd and crazy is happening on a TV set in this show, it's Tim doing it. So it's weird to see <laughs> that other crazy, <laughs> stupid TV exists that Tim is not actively involved in creating. Uh, Tim is influenced by these... Uh... Bringing his hijinks onto tool time. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he uh, it it ha- it makes an impact on his career. Yeah. It may be worth uh, mentioning now that we're done with tool time that just offhandedly, uh, Mo from last week didn't come back one week later as the producer of tool time. So that's strange. Uh, that's a very long, uh, very long tour of the Midwest <laughs> selling uh, selling sweatshirts <laughs> with Al's face on. Yeah, them. maybe it got so uh, lucrative that she decided to extend her her trip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tim, and I was wondering, do you think Tim is putting this on the Binford, uh, Binford card, trying to justify it as a, an expense for the show? I feel, I, I, he put his entire bathroom on the Binford <laughs> card, I don't yeah. see why he wouldn't do that. Given how much leeway he had, that, that up until Moe's arrival last week, mm-hmm. and probably she will never come back again, the fact that Mr. Binford is just writing checks for this show and letting Tim run the entire thing himself. Well, right. Yeah. And I think we've established in the last two episodes, especially, that uh, Tim doesn't answer to anybody except for Mr. Binford, who's cutting the checks. So anything that he justifies, he just has to answer to Mr. Binford for. Um, and seeing how in favor he is with Mr. Binford, I can't imagine anyone's going to really say no to him. So Tim is sitting there watching his Ginsu knife commercial, and uh, he's ordering it off the TV, and Mark comes down and to talk to him about death and reveal that he heard him talking in the tree. And uh, while talking to Tim about just death and all that, uh, Mark says something about, you know, well, what what if what if you die while I'm a kid like how your dad did? Or like, mm-hmm. basically Mark just mentions, and this is the first we've heard of it, that Tim's father died when he was young. Yeah, which uh, was very much like Tim Allen's father dying in a drunk driving incident Yeah, uh, when he was younger. Yeah. Um, I guess leading more uh, credence to this theory that uh, <laughs> there's, there's no... Um, it's seamless between Tim Allen and Tim Taylor. Yeah, I just I just did a motion for Landon where I, I hold my my hands out and I interlocked all my fingers. <laughs> a thousand points of light. <laughs> Read my hips. <laughs> no, you're sitting down. How oh. could I? <laughs> uh, so it, they so they they talk about this and mm-hmm. and Tim is kind of comforting uh, comforting Mark. Jill comes downstairs and and joins in this and is yeah. talking about how well responsible adults make wills and you know and and this is just part of life and. 
Uh, Tim says to to uh, Mark at one point, "If I die, I'll get someone really cool to take care of you." And and Mark says, "Like Al," <laughs> and and Tim says, "He'll assist whoever takes care of you." <laughs> yeah, I like that line a lot. Um, so Mark falls asleep, mm-hmm. and guys, buckle your fucking seatbelts because because it's it's about to get emotional. And Tim and Jill are talking some more, and Tim kind of gets up and goes to the kitchen, and then he's standing in the doorway um, from the kitchen to the garage looking at the hot rod. And he's talking about, he says, I've been thinking about a lot about the car recently, and Jill says, what car? And he starts explaining about the hot rod that he and his father and his brothers were restoring when he mm-hmm. was a child, and how much good yeah. times they had with the car. He's drawing all these parallels between his father who died when he was younger and himself, which is, you know, the car having three boys. Uh, you know, he says that his father died uh, only three years. He When he died, he was three years older than Tim is now, which, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, draws out that Tim, you know, sees a final stamp on his life yeah. you know, three years down the line. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, you could tell that Tim Allen's performance here is pulling a lot on personal experience which um you know really really gives it some gravitas it was it was very affecting and you know we and i think we we are critical of tim allen on here sometimes aspects of his personality or 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 the ways that he behaves or we or we make some assumptions about uh his attitude or things that he did and maybe that's unfair but i want to say in this moment he he that man is a great actor. Yeah, and we've never we've never contested him as a performer or entertainer. But that he has this versatility that he's he's great at comedy, he can do physical comedy and he has this kind of charisma, but that in this scene he the way he's not overplaying it, mm-hmm. it's it's played very uh maturely and he's kind of stumbling over his words a bit and he's fixated on this engine and looking at it and it's not like he doesn't cry or anything cuz that's yeah. not what Tim would do, but you can tell that like all this bravado that he has and all this kind of uh, uh, layers of masculinity has all been stripped away, and it's really like it was a very affecting piece of acting. And of mm-hmm. course, Patricia Richardson's dynamite. So I yeah, mean, <laughs> I, I'm I don't know, man. I, I I'm not gonna say that I like this as much as For Whom the Belch Tolls. I don't know yeah. if this episode is as strong across. the Yeah, because it just kind of only comes in at the end, at least for me. Yeah. In this scene, like it doesn't feel like they're you know tying it to too much. Uh, relatable stuff throughout it's only in this last moment when you know we get to see the the wizard behind the curtain yeah i I, but i i don't know i just i i have i think just let's take another moment to acknowledge that tim allen is a professional and he is very good at what he does and what (laughs) whatever else may be out there in the world he is a phenomenal actor so uh, we we give the grunt work salute <laughs> to Tim Allen. Probably shouldn't have done a fart joke right after talking about that heartfelt. Oh, I scene. thought it was a mallard call. <laughs> <laughs> That's why these ducks are outside your window now. Uh, so hashtag FYC. Yes, for for the temporal Emmy Commission. <laughs> um, and you know, he and Joel just talk about this, and then yeah. Tim goes right over and signs all the papers, and- which. I noticed something uh, kind of uh, side note. I guess yeah. it's not. It's just kind of a footnote to this. Tim is left-handed. Oh, I, I don't know why that took me by surprise. Yeah, I just didn't. Like, oh, interesting. I didn't even notice. I was too busy. Um, I had some just some dust in my eye, and I had to like wipe, wipe some stuff away. It was just it was totally. I was just my eyes were just really sweaty. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, super hot in here. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is actually the first time that I've ever been slightly cold in your apartment. <laughs> You're bad acting. Oh. Um, but this takes us, uh, We, you know, that ends the scene. He takes Mark upstairs, and we're taken to uh, the next day, 
where um, uh, Mark has brought down his will. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's written his will overnight and bequeaths all of his belongings, uh, his toys and whatnot, to Jill, mm-hmm. to his mom. What a mama's boy. <laughs> Except for one, the G.I. Joe uh, that Randy tore the head off of. Br- Brad tore the head off of it, but he leaves it to Randy because he thinks Randy knows where the head is. <laughs> Which you know, which Randy knows where all the bodies are buried. Yeah, exactly. I, I do think there's a, an interesting trait. Uh, I've only read a little bit, so I, I am not a professional. I will preface this adamantly with that. But um, that psychopaths have a fixation on figurines. Mm. A lot of wrestling figurines that I remember being in your house before. Why, go, to it, is, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Isn't it you who's always on Twitter asking for a Dorbs figurine of uh, of of Al Borland? Oh man, what's this in my wow? Wow, I'm so sleepy. I'm getting sleepy. Why, Randy's handcuffs of death <laughs> and scene. Oh my goodness. Um, I, even though it's Christmas, it's kind of our Halloween episode just never ends. <laughs> oh, such is my life. Because um, I watch a lot of horror movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and then after that exchange, uh, Jill says, you know, I was thinking about it, and if I do die first, I want you to remarry. Uh, and then they have a fun little exchange um, that I think is kind of typical of... It's it's good to see them uh, see an example of their playful marriage again. Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen that. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of heavy, yeah. Um, but uh, so Tim's like explaining all the things of what his new wife would be and, you know, describing Jill's yeah. traits. Yeah. And then he ends this this exchange by saying, because uh, I want my next marriage to be a lot better than this one. And he runs out of the room, <laughs> leaving Jill there. And Jill just stands there. Crowd is laughing. Crowd is laughing. Crowd is laughing. Executive producer credit comes up. And then Jill, with her arms crossed, just goes, I'll haunt you. <laughs> and Tim pokes his head in from out of frame and runs off. <laughs> Larks. Larks. Uh, Shenanigans. Uh, and then we get some outtakes, uh, some more outtakes of Tim and Nell on Tool Time. Cr- cracking up in the scene with the with the chainsaw <laughs> yeah. sound effects, which I could see even in the one that made it into the cut. Like, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. both trying not to crack it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get the impression those two have a lot of fun together. Yeah, there have been a handful of uh, those moments on this season that uh, you could tell that they left a partial laugh take in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just probably because they ran out of time to keep recording. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is yeah. Do you episode. have anything else that we I, haven't touched on? I have nothing else. I've touched so much. <laughs> nope, nope. Finish it before I say more words. And this episode of Grunt Work has been called Real Feels. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it shouldn't be called that anymore. Um, the show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com I realized last week I just said or like two weeks ago I said just gruntwork.com which is not that so if no. you listen to two episodes ago don't go to gruntwork.com go to gruntworkpodcast.com exactly uh, I've never go- let's go to you know what let's do this live right now what is on gruntwork.com oh, that's some real feels right there sex 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 well whatever it is it's not loading so um, don't go there it's it's just a it's uh, a wasteland of the internet. So yeah, go to currentworkpodcast.com. Uh if you enjoyed this week's episode, share it where you can. Uh really helps others find us. Plus every time you share us We'll make you an honorary Al Pal. Ooh. because uh, we already are Al Pals. We we're pals with Al. Yeah, for sure. Um on our website you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is the best way to get notified of new episodes. 
Uh, you can also follow us on all the social media places, which is at GruntWorkPod. Uh, for GruntWork, I've been Landon Solano. For GruntWork, I've been Truman Caps. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. And I think Kwanzaa's in there somewhere. Baklava. <laughs> That's not insensitive at all. It's not even a holiday, it's a food. I know, I'm just starving. Let's go get lunch. Okay. Okay.